Welcome to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me today is Sister Felicity. Welcome, Sister. Thank you. Um, It's so great to have you. Let's start with a prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. Um, We rejoice in your many gifts, and we just ask that your blessing be upon our listeners um, this day. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Sister, uh, first of all, as we start off, what community are you a member of? I'm a member of the Dominican Sisters of the Immaculate Conception Province. Okay. And mm-hmm. you got your your house here in Columbus is on it's on Livingston. Livingston. Yeah. We're really close to Christ the King Parish. And you do, um, some of the sisters work at St. Matthew's, some at St. Patrick's, mm-hmm. and then you're at Bishop Hartley. Is that That's right? That's right. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so as this is kind of the beginning of our conversation, um, I always we always like to kind of hear your story of how you came to know the Lord, maybe your story of faith. And, and obviously, I think in your case, too, um, as the Lord guided you, um, how you discerned your vocation, too. So... That's a long story, Father. I'm, I'm not even that old. <laughs> um, I've been very blessed. So when I was a kid, I was raised in a really faithful household and in a very anti-religious environment. So I grew up near Portland, Oregon. And it's kind of an understatement to say it's a very secular area of the country. So my parents were really conscientious about raising us to know our faith and practice our faith. So they went out of their way to make sure that we had good religious education. And I remember, I still, to this day, I think one of the most formational things for me was this little picture Bible that we had. It was like a Bible with cartoons, cartoon images. And I just loved reading that Bible. And so to this day, when I think about any Bible story, you know, Abraham and Sarah, like I see those pictures in my head. And so for me, scripture was really important, and I loved it. It was like that was part of my story. So growing up, my parents also decided one Lent that as a whole family, we were going to go to daily Mass. And I don't remember how old I was, maybe 10 or 11. And we kids, like, complained and moaned and groaned and dragged our feet, you know, into the car every morning. But something really amusing to me, happened, paradoxical. And that was that the next year, my parents were considering, should we do this again as a family? You know, should we go to daily mass? Maybe not. And as I remember it, we kids like pushed to go. We wanted to go because something happened in going to mass every day. I think we discovered really the beauty of the mass. And I'm so grateful for that. So even then as we got older, the church was close enough that I could bicycle to it. And I started to like babysit some, some days for like a women's group at the parish. So I would bicycle over for daily mass and then stay and babysit. And so I started to really take on the faith as my own, in particular through love of the Eucharist. Um, and I don't remember at, one, at what point it happened, but I started to go to daily mass like every day instead of just the one day that I was babysitting at the parish. So I also remember at some point in my early teens thinking about how my friends and just people that I knew in general tended to drift away from the church. 
Um, and they could be raised, you know, in a very faithful family like mine. Um, they could know their faith really well, like intellectually, um, be the best educated Catholics and still drift away from the faith. And as I was thinking about that, I realized that it really is a personal choice. Faith is a gift from God. It's definitely a grace, but it's also a choice that we make to believe. And so as a teenager, I remember just making that choice. I believe, I believe this makes sense. Like rationally, it's the most intelligent uh, faith that I know of. And I know it, but I also choose to believe it. And sometimes, even since then, I've often asked myself, well, like, what if tomorrow I woke up and I was just like a skeptical atheist? Like, what if I lost that gift of faith? Um, And I've come to realize also that, like, just as it is a gift, faith is also something you exercise. So, so long as I continue to exercise it, and I mean, not just doing the things that our faith requires, but like making an act of faith, like deliberately praying the creed, the more we exercise it, the more it grows. And God isn't going to just take away a gift like that, right? Yeah, you know, it's it, um, that really strikes me on faith is how mysterious it is. You know, when, uh, you know, and there there's so many people I've talked to who, you know they've they've struggled with something maybe you know n- you know not so much in believing something um but you know maybe things in the life of the church you know that are not you know the the most edifying you know or uh, major traumatic events in their life you know um you know and and i think every at least almost everyone seems to kind of face these huge what would seem to be obstacles but in the face of, you know, maybe the grave scandal in the life of the church or, um, you know, a great suffering or evil in their life, they never question, like, they've, they've never questioned the faith. Like, there's this sort of rock-solid faith um, that, it, you know, there was never a moment where they were going to, like, abandon it, even though they couldn't make sense out of these these we might call monsters, I guess, you know. Um, and I'm I'm always amazed at that sort of mysterious gift, which it kind of proves when we say that faith is a theological virtue. You know, like this is re- it really is a gift given by God. Like you, you know, as much as we do have to exercise it, you you either got it or you don't got it. Yeah, I mean, and that's. I think it's it's amazing, and it kind of fills one with gratitude, right? In that now, I wanted to I wanted to touch about a couple of these little themes from your from your um, life, especially daily mass. So, as as an educator, so you you know you work with youth and kids um, quite extensively. Um, what do you think about bringing um, little kids in your family to daily mass like that? Do you? I mean, obviously, it was very beneficial to you in the life of your family. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder, like, as, especially with listeners, maybe who, as Lent is, Lent is always on the horizon, you think, maybe I should bring the kids to daily Mass. Right. And I know it can be hard, too, because if you're a parent and you're showing up with little kids and there are all these other people 
without kids, you kind of feel like you're imposing, your kids are making noise, you know, and so it can be really intimidating as a parent to even bring your children to mass. I would say my parents uh, embarrassed us all typically by like marching us right up front so that we sat in the front row, but they did that deliberately so that we as children had a good view of what was happening. So we were very engaged in the mass. And I think as a little kid, if you don't understand all of it, or maybe, you know, who, who really understands all of the mass, but as a little kid, it can go past your attention span. I still think that as children, we can really early on absorb the beauty and the mystery of the liturgy. And it's beautiful to me when I see parents there and like at the moment of consecration, they grab their little kid's attention. They say, look, that's Jesus. You know, that's Jesus. I don't think there's really an age where it's too early to start understanding that is Jesus. And that's why mass is so special. And, you know, to parents too, who struggle with like, you know, their kids are screaming or are loud or noisy. You know, I think whenever I, I think of that, you, there's this story of that Fulton Sheen would say, when, when he was a server, um, he dropped one of the glass cruets, and it smashed all over the floor. And the priest was very kind to him and, and didn't bring it up and everything mm-hmm. like that. And here he becomes a priest. And apparently, I think it was, he's, Sheen says Hitler um, was a server, and the same thing happened to him, and the priest ripped into him. And mm-hmm. you know, then he became Hitler, you know? Right. That I think, like you know, when you when we're at mass and there's some kids screaming and crying or what you know whatever, not being you know quiet. Right. Um, I think we have to keep that in mind. You know, like these parents are, they're trying to do their best, yeah. and we have we have to be there to kind of support them. Right. And not complain about their kids or give them these sort of stares or you know glances, right. but I think to really affirm their choice, right. not only to have children but also to bring them to the mass. Yeah. You know, um, sister, the other thing too, is like this, this sort of the scripture, um, um, the little picture Bible and how that is like that. I have the same experience, you know, like the, these stories I can remember from my youth in not just like there, sometimes there were like these Bible cartoons, but then also like these picture Bibles. And I think, it, you know, like your own story, it kind of points to the importance even at an early age, to to have materials of the faith for, right. our, for our kids. Yeah, as a, when I taught middle school in Oregon, there's a wonderful Catholic trivia competition there called the Roman Catholic Challenge, and so a team from my school went and competed in this challenge, and a parent of one of those teammates was really awed by like an opposing team member who just knew all of these facts about like biblical figures. And she asked me, she's like, how does that kid know so much? Does he just like study, you know, nonstop? And I said, no, he's just familiar with them. Like there's stories he's grown up around. And she said, oh, it's like my daughter knows all of the Harry Potter characters. You know, no one has to sit you down and like Mm -hmm. (laughs) teach you or drill you on these Harry Potter characters, right? But because she loved those stories and she read them, they were so familiar to her. And so that is the kind of familiarity that like you can't force on a kid, but you actually make part of their environment. And so the really beautiful thing was this mom was like, I'm going to start reading the Bible more with my toddler. (laughs) 
Well, sister, th so much. Thank you th so much for joining us. You're um, welcome. We're going to continue this conversation, but you've been listening to conversations on discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me today has been Sister Felicity. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, peace and all good.